Hey guys, welcome back to Campfire Talk. I'm actually really excited to share this conversation I had with a friend who I go way back with. Interestingly, we've never really had an elaborate sit down where we get to share our thoughts, ideas, and experiences and just vibe to whatever comes up organically. But I'm glad that I asked him to jump on. His name is Kinison Cyrus. He is an incredibly talented photographer based in New York City, one of my favorite cities on the entire planet. <laughs> he owns his own company called Delayed Reaction Co. And he is such a deep, humble, and insightful soul. I actually learned a thing or two from him in this episode, and I hope you guys take something from it too. So, are you guys ready? All right. Kinison, thanks for jumping on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. It's been a long time since we actually got to talk, and I don't think we've ever really had the time to just actually sit down and have a conversation. Um, but we go way back. Yeah, we go a while back. First, thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited it. for today. I'm excited for this. Me too. Me too. We... Just to go back a bit, we met, I'm not sure of the exact year, probably in like uh, 2011, 12? Yeah, somewhere close. Somewhere close, when you visited, right? Yeah. Um, and that was around the time where I was just dabbling with photography. Yeah, you were. My dad had just bought me a Nikon D5000, uh, which was pretty cool back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the shit back in the day. <laughs> yeah. uh, you were a boss if you had that kind of camera. Um, and I remember us actually going to spend time at the Botanical Gardens yeah. back here in St. Vincent. And we just walked around. We talked about photography, life, and we just shot some images. And now that I go back and I think of it, I'm like, damn, how far have both of us come from that? Such a, such a long time. Yeah. And our communication has always been there, like, no, like, every now and then we, we've checked up on each other, was, you know. I, I'm really grateful for that because I feel like even that contact with you through photography was able to catapult me into that direction, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful for that. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm glad to be able to be here for help. Um, of course. Always. I'm always here. Of course. And then... The last time we met was New York City, 2017, which was, which was a good time. A really good time. Um, I had just, I had just started to travel again, and New York was just this thing that was on my mind for a while. And it was amazing that we got to hang out for a couple of hours and just shoot and explore along with like a bunch of my other friends, which is really dope. Um, there's never been a, a moment in my life where I've sort of just doubted wanting to, to, to meet people. Like, it's, if I'm traveling, I'm always like, yes, let's, let's hang out. Because you never know what you're going to come across, how much so people true. have changed, you know? Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. But what I really wanted to get into that, like, even through 
like looking at your website and learning more about you um, personally. I also wanted to get to know, I'd love to know more about what you're doing through your work right now, what you're focused on right now, and the different things that you're in pursuit of at the moment. Okay, uh, sure. Um, for you know, I've been shooting for about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot a dynamic of things, fashion, uh, portraits, weddings, celebrities. Over the years, I've, I've learned that it's good to have a focus, but it's also good to be versatile. So what I've been doing is developing a, a skill for food photography. Because mm. as, as I get older and I learn a lot about photography and I learn about the things that I've been doing, like shooting events, stuff like that, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot, especially like something when you're shooting a wedding for like seven hours, you're on your feet, then you have to go home and you have to put this work together. Mm-hmm. But with food photography, you don't have to do a lot of running around. You don't have to do too much. It's not so much of a crazy workload. Mm-hmm. It's just stationary and you can build from there and just create an abundance and still still be creative within your field. That's why I like photography. Like you can go so many different directions when it comes to like uh, doing pictures, portraits, uh, any style of fashion, anything of that nature. So what I've been mostly focused on is doing still photography Mm -hmm. per se. So like food photography or jewelry photography, stuff of that nature. Like mostly uh, commercial type of work? Yeah, mostly commercial type of work. Has a lot of that work been, you know, published or is no. it just kind of like advertising for different companies and whatnot? Advertising for bis- different companies and uh, more or less a lot of corporate stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure New York City is like the perfect place for that because it's just swarmed with all of these amazing places to eat at. It is. Yeah. It is the perfect place and there's always a new company that's being formed or a mm-hmm. new style of uh food that's coming out that people want to check to the world so it's always work there yeah no yeah I totally get you um even as you mentioned you've also you've worked along with celebrities yeah but have you have you continued on that trajectory or is it kind of like slowing down and moving into new things as you said food photography uh I won't say it's slowed down I've pulled back from it mm. quite a bit. I've, I've learned um, when working with celebrities, there's certain benefit that comes with it and then there's certain drawbacks. Mm. Um, you, you start putting your personal life into that limelight with them. Because mm. when it comes to celebrities, they're like drawn to, a, they draw attention. And with that attention comes a lot of light. And once you're next to that celebrity, you're put in that light space as well. And I'm, I'm a bit personal sometimes. Yeah. So I learned that people also start to put a spotlight on you. And I want my spotlight to be on my work and the things that I've created as opposed to, like, the individual per se. Yeah. I I get that. I think that's one of the things about generally becoming someone who people recognize more. Yeah. That... Obviously, this is, it's a normal thing to, to feel the energy of what it's like when you have that sort of attention put on you. And, yeah. I mean, even for me with my work, I'm on a, 
technical scale of things through the way that the Instagram uh, algorithm works right now on mm -hmm. that trajectory, I'm not all that, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm nothing compared to what other people would be in that scale. Obviously, I, obviously I don't believe that, you know? Because that's just a number. It is. Yeah. It is. Even on my last podcast with, with a friend of mine, I... I, I spoke about this and I talked about the fact that, yeah, we, we are living in a world full of numbers uh, and we're made to feel like that number defines us. Uh -huh. And of course, working with celebrities um, is something that will put you on that, on that scale, on that path. It does. it does, yes. I've seen even on your Instagram, you've got like a lot of pictures of celebrities and whatnot, which is, I mean, it's dope. Honestly, like I think it's, I think those folks are just like, completely on a different vibration of things and being able to meet them is like is so rad like yeah that's something that for a while i really wanted to to pursue but then i realized hey like i rather i rather pursue connections with the people around me now you know because yeah. you because you, you yeah because those are the people that build you you know yeah absolutely mm -hmm. but so with food photography because even when i was in when i was in art school there were a lot of people who were going, kind of going into that field of like food photography. And every time we mm -hmm. did like a critique, there was food photography. But it was so, and I'm, I'm not saying this to be harsh. I'm saying this just to be real in what I believe. I, I saw a lot of mundane work that, that didn't really spark anything within me. Because normally if something sparks, sparks something within me, like this sort of energetic spark, I, yeah. I tend to want to investigate that. Um, that medium myself, you know, yeah. Um, because I'm curious on what I could do with it. But for you, how how do you think you've sort of made food photography your own, while also you know taking from others and what they've done through their work? I think for me, it comes with a background of having a diverse food background from being from the Caribbean, Saint Vincent. You get to see a lot of different food type and then venturing into New York where there's a diverse melting pot of cultures. You get to see mm. um, different food types as well. So I try to take my diverse background and just implement it into food photography. Mm -hmm. So the style will very, very much change with the type of food that, mm -hmm. I'm, that I'm shooting or something of that nature. So that's how I try to not make it boring or... Uh, try to make it a lot of the same mm -hmm. if that makes sense do you think do you think you've reached uh, uh, this isn't to uh, demoralize the way other people work or how they how they do things but like uh, with yourself do you think that now you're being more approached with that or are you still pursuing it on your end to find the right people to work with or the people who who you think would benefit from your craft and you just see that connection I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. Mm. There's some clients that have found me and there's some clients that I'm still trying to reach. Yeah. But in terms of um, me going out there and just having to work one and work with like one particular brand, not as yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm there as yet. Yeah. And in terms of like where you want to be, like obviously like when we when we reach a certain level um 
we're not exactly focused on that level. We're looking ahead more, you know, like when you, Uh when you've attained something, it's like, all right, cool. Now, where do I go? You know, Uh um, where do you kind of see it going? Like, where do you, what do you envision even through other mediums or like, uh, more than food photography? Is there anything else that's kind of like on the cusp of your mind? Oh, this is, this is a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot. I, I try to do my, I try to do my work in phases. As, mm. as you've seen, I haven't posted in, in a while. Mm. Um, that's due to like, I've done so much different type of style of work that there's other things that I want to explore. I want to explore the African culture. I want to explore uh, the Indian culture, like mm. their style of taking pictures. Or have you ever seen, like went to a museum and you just seen like certain type of pictures that are projected like old style there's a lot that i, w- I want to do in terms of the future but i like to take it in phases like now i'll just focus on food photography be really good at that mm. and then when that gets to the point where it's like okay that's it's not fun anymore then i'll just uh, move to a different phase take a break from that try to analyze what's next what do i see myself doing next or how do i feel about venturing into this style and then I'll try to start that phase. Mm-hmm. It usually takes a while. It's not like I'm just going to start it today and be really good at it tomorrow. Yeah. It takes a while to be to build on those phases. But I think it's really important that you expand your your style of, of shooting and expand your craft. Not just one genre. Because everything changes over a time. Mm-hmm. Like you can be stuck in one style and once that phases moved then you're just like everyone just views you at that as that one old school guy eventually that phase might come back but depends on how long it takes to come back by that time you could become obsolete so i think that's kind of what happened to me when i moved back here in the caribbean i i stopped picking up the camera but it was a multitude of things that sort of i i knew why i was doing it and I was completely aware of it. It wasn't a sort of thing that was from laziness or, or just like feeling sorry for myself, maybe in the, in the position that I was in um, career-wise, just this flux of like, what, like, who am I? What am I doing? Like, <laughs> you know, the, those moments of just like, you're, it's an existen- existential sort of feeling where you're just floating in this abyss and you're like, well, who am I? <laughs> And Ew. it's a it's a good feeling when you think about it later on because you re- you recognize why that happened and I mean granted something so beautiful came out of that that I was able to pursue design a lot more and mm-hmm. and take it to the next level take it to a level that I didn't even think was possible because I had always wondered what it was like to have my own business and mm. it was on the forefront of my mind but at the same time I always kept telling myself you've got to you know spend some time working for other people you've got to have a boss to know what it's like to take direction and instruction (laughs) and i did that for a very short period of time and recognized how unhappy i was yeah um there was a moment i think it was 2007 yes 2017 actually early in the year i had gotten an internship with a wedding photography company in miami florida 
I'm not going to name them, obviously, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going to tell me this. But at the... Yeah, but at the same time, I was happy about it because I knew that I was qualified. Yeah. Um, yet the idea of working with... Um, uh, how, what, how do I call it? Um, just a lot of people. <laughs> I'm the kind of person that likes to... If I'm a one-man person. I just like to focus on what I'm doing instead of having to worry about what everyone else is doing. Um, that's something that's always concerned me about leadership, you know, that I may not be able to handle all of that. And then being able to come in this environment with other photographers and people who have different jobs to do, whether it's post-production, you know, mm. managing, all that kind of stuff, it really overwhelmed me. But at the same time, I wasn't doing any photography. I was an assistant to the photographer. And I took it with a grain of salt. Um, but I remember there was this funny situation. I, I look at it as funny right now. Before, it just felt really sad. I don't think I told you about this. But um, there was a wedding that I was assisting um, during that period. And for some reason, the photographer that I was working with, I could just feel that you know our vibes were just not... We weren't connecting in any sort of way. Like We weren't able to like assist each other because... This person was literally like yelling at me <laughs> mm. to, to do things and that really shut me off um, and it, it put me in a place of like intimidation where I just felt like I could not do anything um, whether it was to bring a certain piece of equipment to them I had I had almost just forgotten all of my training what do I get like I don't know and there was this this moment where we were outside taking photos after the wedding and um, I was supposed to hold up a flash um, behind this fountain so that there would be sort of a silhouette mm -hmm. for the photographer to, to take the image um, in front of the fountain, right? So I had to go all the way behind the fountain. And I guess I didn't, through my, through my mentality at that moment of not thinking straight and just focusing all of this doubt and fear and intimidation, I didn't screw on the, the flash properly. And it fell off. And it hit me on the head. <laughs> and yeah. And now I look back at it. I'm like, yeah, that's funny. That's super funny. Like I would, if, <laughs> but at the moment it hurt like hell. And I was embarrassed. Uh, the, the bride was just like, are you okay? Like, uh, am I supposed to um, stop enjoying my wedding for this reason? Are you like, are you bleeding? And I'm like, no, I'm good. But I was so shut off. That even that moment just shut me off, and I, I recognized just then and there that wedding photography was just not something for me. Mm. And I could be wrong because if I was doing it on my terms, maybe it would be different. Yeah, maybe if you found like your particular style, because wedding photography is a lot of different styles as well. And some people do documentary styles, some people do um, like really formal style. Mm. So it depends on like finding your style and and projecting that onto the wedding i suppose I mm -hmm. sorry you go no i always tell like people um what i've learned when it comes to younger photographers mm. like there's a certain flame like you have to fan it where the point where you don't blow it out mm -hmm. but fan it to the point where it grows into a bigger flame like a, a campfire you start a campfire mm -hmm. you can fan it and then it becomes bigger, but you can fan it and also blow it out. So you have to be particularly careful when it comes to new talent or 
anything in general when it comes to new photographers just fan it properly don't put too much pressure onto them and be like you're expected to notice you're expected to do that mm-hmm. just like gently fan it and that they'll they'll grow that flame to the point where you're like wow mm-hmm. it grows so well yeah i think the mentality lately has been instant gratification like we we see something that we enjoy that we would we think we would enjoy we pursue it and we think that you know within a few months even that we should be on a certain trajectory a certain level um to be able to provide a service for others like what hey why aren't people hitting me up to do work with that and i i lived in that mentality for a while throughout my college years um granted it wasn't something super important to me because i was so focused on school Mm. and that idea of just like giving something time to bloom wasn't on my mind it was like holy crap i need to pay bills like i don't like being financially supported by my family like i really want to do something about this but then again i never really did something about it and instant gratification is just something that you crave because it's like well hey i'm good at this look at me you know yeah and to be able to come out of that and um understand that it takes even a a bunch of years to cultivate a real connection through your work and other people it does i i totally agree with that Mm -hmm. and just just to give you a little bit of advice the way i deal with that is i i try to diversify my skills in the same time and for example let's say um i'm trying to build a celebrity photography base or something I know that will take time because when it comes to these individuals, it's mm-hmm. like they're not so much always trustworthy of who they work with. They have their core mm-hmm. and they like to always work with that core because it's like, oh, remember what we did? And there's like an instant connection like, yeah, let's do something like that. Let's mm-hmm. do something like this. Mm-hmm. So it's always takes time to build that connection. But in that time frame that I'm building that connection, I'm working on other things as well. So I might be building that connection. Um, in the same time frame, I might be doing something else like, oh, l- let me just cultivate this mm-hmm. uh, retouching skill in the same time and get paid for this retouching skills. So mm-hmm. someone might be sending me photos and I'm editing that mm-hmm. and retouching it, but also cultivating that relationship that takes a longer time frame. I think that's a good way to see things because it's like, um, I mean, I see myself as well as a designer in my, this is very early time for me, and I'm still learning from people who are who have been at this for a very long time, I'm talking like a decade or more, and I look at it, I'm like, holy shit, the amount of, the amount of zest it took to maintain that performance, you know, it, we see we see it as an illusion of like, damn, this person really has their shit together. It's an illusion. It's not an illusion. It's true. Not everybody has their shit together, even if they, they feel like they do. Yeah. That's just confidence. You know, and confidence totally is something... Agree. I think confidence is so important in that you're also helping other people in their you know, youthful years creatively to progress and understand that, hey, this is, this is, a, this is a progress game. This isn't like... Uh, a thing that falls into your lap. And what I also have kind of understood is the fact that 
we don't need to just find one thing that we like. We touched on this before I hit record. Uh, we don't have to just find one thing. And for a long time, I was searching for that one thing. I didn't know. I felt like I had to just, it, when I had that thing, I had it, and I was going to stick with that, and that was going to be life until, you know, I was ready to, you know, leave this planet. Yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know, like, what I was supposed to do, and it was just confusion because I had love for so many things. Yeah. But now I'm put in the position, living where I am, doing what I do. I have that freedom to pursue all the three, four, five different things that I love to do. Whether that's writing, whether that's getting back into photography, whether that's bouncing back to design. It's all, mm -hmm. it's all just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing because it's like, like you said, we are human beings and we get bored. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a normal thing to feel bored about something that you love. Like, it's not something bad. Like, I don't know why people can think that just because you're bored with something that you actually love to do, that you don't love it anymore. It's just the fact that maybe you're craving something else. Exactly. It's like we don't eat the same food every day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, how... That would be so shitty. Like, I mean, I love pizza. I do. <laughs> but if I were to have pizza every single day, it would start to feel horrible. Like, I would exactly. feel terrible. Exactly. So, that's... That's something that I'm so grateful to learn about. Like, like I didn't know this kind of freedom existed. And even with pizza, like there's different toppings, there's different exactly. Crusts, so, that's a good thing too. That's amazing. <laughs> and I think it it comes with uh, schooling as well, and the way you've been brought up in a sense. Sometimes, like back in the day, you 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 were expected to get one job and work mm -hmm. that job till the rest of your life now times changed where you can do multiple things or you can learn something mm -hmm. from the internet and then go from there and just switch uh fields from there so you don't have it's, we live in a time where you don't have to stick with one thing and just do it for the rest of your life mm -hmm. and yeah going back to like education it's it is changing drastically and i'm I'm understanding that everything that I was put into through my education system back in the day, it was so dreadful to feel like I had to do something just to for the acceptance of like a grade. It's <laughs> it's dreadful. It's it's one of the most. Yeah. I look back now and I'm like, crap! Like I had all of this talent within me I had all of these things I really loved to do within me and it was suppressed by having to give more time to something that didn't didn't um, give me that happiness or give me that joy or give like I focus so much on my joy now uh. and if that flops back to writing for a while and I put design on the back burner for a bit I'm okay with it because I know that I'm gonna feel okay about coming back to it you know yeah. like later on um but recently design has been such an imperative part of my life and I even just started a really detailed piece for the save the Amazonia yeah. um charity that's happening and there's so many charities that are happening that you can donate to but I really it hit a chord with me this one, it really did. Because I've been following along with everything that's been happening in the world right now. And for the first time in my life, this I shit you not, for the first time in my life, I had never felt like I was doing something more purposeful through design. Because 
this design is going to end up going on my print shop. I'm going to end up, you know, asking folks if they would like to donate, you know, through purchasing a piece uh, through my print shop and I'd be able to send through charities. So just to let other creatives know that you can also be an environmentalist through your creative, creative eye. You know, like it's, it's, totally a, agree with that. it's so interesting to know that you can mesh all of these things without feeling like you're suffocating another part of you. I totally agree with that. I'm excited to see that piece. Yeah. Um, but just to touch on a little bit what you said prior, mm -hmm. I totally agree with the, 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 what you said about the system, the schooling system. Mm -hmm. I mean, we grew up in the same system. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a British system. Yeah. But I was thinking about that same exact thing recently, too, as well. It's like they, they don't put a lot of emphasis onto the arts or writing or anything. It's like, this is what you're learning, and everyone in the class is learning the exact same thing. There's no, like, oh. Diversity. These, exactly. There's no, like, oh, these are the art kids over there. It's no, like, this is it. This yeah. is all there is. Well, you know, I, I failed. Um, I failed my, my art in my art grade for CXE. Yeah? Yeah. Well, just to let everyone know, CXE is sort of an examination that you do when in your, you know, uh, secondary school years, like high school and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I failed it because there was so much pressure on me to create a certain way um, through art that I didn't enjoy. And I was being told what to draw. I was being told what, just anything that they wanted me to create. I had to do it through that curriculum and mm. I failed. It was yeah. it was heartbreaking because it was like this was this was who I was known for. This was my identity, you know. Like it was every part of me, and that was the one thing that I thought that um, I was going to do really great, and I was confident. But you, I don't think you can put a grade on creativity. To be honest, <laughs> I totally agree. And just just to emphasize, anyone that's listening, that that's like the SATs in in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, exactly. So. It's it's amazing to see that, I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people who have also failed art in high school, and they've grown to be amazing designers and coaches and teachers. And even my coach, like my creative coach, he failed art as well. And I believe he was on a British system too. <laughs> so I see a connection there. <laughs> I don't know what, they're out to fucking get us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I think there needs to be some sort of like survey that you do when you enter the educational system of what you really love to do, things that exactly. really interest you, and just hone in on that. Allow yourself to be around teachers and professors and coach and coaches who who can provide you with that knowledge. You know, like exactly. emphasize on what you love to do. This whole like, I don't want to do math. <laughs> can you imagine all the skill talent that we're just like suppressing by doing this? It's like, oh, you're really good at math, but we just teach in English here. Let's suppress this math genius mm. or something. It's also culturally, because even in a in a cultural sense, with my family background, it was very difficult for me to feel accepted with what I was doing. Because obviously, when you come from an Asian background, the the standard is a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, someone that's doing something that makes a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one out of all of my siblings, like me and my sibling, they're, they're on a completely different route where they're probably going to receive that, um, that financial stability a lot quicker than me. But I love the idea of 
finding my way, you know, through through all of these different steps and mediums. Like, it's become a, a fun challenge. Yeah. And I think a lot of Asian background folks are are dealing with that because you know there's so much uh, emphasis put on uh, what makes you successful, what makes you, um, what makes them look better to other mm-hmm. people in the community. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what it is. It's just like yeah. make, making <laughs> making making your your family look better when other people from the outside look in and see what what your family's up to. Are you really happy? That's the question. But now I'm seeing a huge change in the fact that they've accepted everything that I'm doing. They they see that I am different in a very positive way. And even the the first exhibition I did over here in St. Vincent, before I moved to the States um, in 2013, they were all there. They were all supporting it. And it was such an amazing thing to feel supported. I think that's... That's one of the most important things is to have a very supportive community no matter what. Because if they're going to feed you bullshit that you can't do it, ultimately you're going to believe it. True. Yeah. True. And I think that's really important. And when it comes to creative of being an entrepreneur, having a strong support system is highly important. Yeah, even you're, even you're you know, in, in college, having an art group that really just wanted to spend time together and... Uh, work on your creativity and ask questions and ask for critique you know it's it's a normal thing that you go through in those early years and over time yes you do kind of like branch out into your own and you maybe only have like a selective amount of people that you go to to really like understand more about what they think um, of your process I don't know if you've you've dealt with that a lot I have What's the, com- what's the community like in New York, like through photography or creativity in general? Probably good. <laughs> it's, it's, New York has a huge uh, community yeah. in terms of photography. Mm. Uh, it depends on the style of photography, again, mm-hmm. that you work with. There are fashion photographers that huddle together and they're just like, you know, did you see the new blah, blah, blah. And then there's event photographers that you always see. Yeah particular events so it, it depends on your group but the support system here is really strong like they'll they'll reach out to you and be like hey what's up i haven't seen you done something in a while let's let's do this or even with that comes people that want to work with you mm. that see you working so like yo you're really dope that adds to the support system as well yeah so there's also there seems to be like a really huge influx of like influencer bloggers, um, individuals who are who have a huge Instagram following. Um, I see so much of that in New York, even through where I am in social media. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that been like through your eye? Like, have you seen a lot of that? Like, have you experienced a lot of people around there who are in that world? Yeah. I've I've had encounters with a lot of those people that's deemed influential. Mm. But have deemed influential. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that because I've seen the inside of it. It's like there's the external end of it and then there's the inside of it. It's like yeah, this this person's like um, influential but they don't really do anything. 
No, yeah, you're just, stuff. you're just, for example, um, that show, I don't know if you keep up with, like, reality TV, I don't keep up with it all that much, but, like, uh, shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, uh, those kind of vibes, I've noticed um, through social media that a lot of the folks that go on those shows um, and partake in those shows, when they come out of it, every single person is hit with the same companies, the same brands to, you know, um, sort of uh, promote their brand, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, isn't the purpose of this to kind of just promote what, what you really believe in versus everybody, like, are you guys robots? Mm. I, mean, I mean, you're all promoting the same thing. Is it just a coincidence that everybody loves the same thing? Or obviously, this is a this is a, a financial. This is the financial aspect of it that comes in too, right? Because people are seeing opportunity in in their own financial um, stability. So yeah, that that kind of like I I seriously I was thinking about this today. I'm like influencers. What like they need to change that name because it's like. There you, you, go. you guys should be you guys should be talking about what's happening in the Amazon right now. There you you go. guys shouldn't be like promoting a lipstick or a piece of jewelry or something like that. Like and I'm not saying you shouldn't, you can if you want to. There is free will in this on this planet completely, but like the idea of what I believe an influencer to be is through actual changes with on this planet. You know? Exactly. Um, and mm-hmm. that's that's why I say deemed influential because it's like what do you actually doing and i think that the term has been used so much that it's been watered down to the point where like what's influential yeah you're i mean none of them so far have influenced me to purchase anything exactly like i don't recall ever like seeing an instagram story of this person talking about something and i'm like i really want that you know and i'm like no i don't really need much (laughs) first of all um i'm perfectly fine knowing what I want in terms of like materialistically like I don't need someone to tell me what I should get but man I just feel like these numbers were put there and because these numbers were put there through an algorithm we should be using it for good we should be yeah. using it to promote really really um, important things that maybe a lot of people don't know is happening in the world and I think that's where my envi- environmental sort of that that environmentalist in me is sort of seeping out now to try and help with that but I know that I'm only a small component of that and I know that it's going to take a lot of people to get there (laughs) to that point one small change can can create massive change so of course I'm I'm pushing for you I'm pushing for what you're doing yeah Um, thank you but yeah influentials are just like I think of them as MySpace back in the day when everyone had like MySpace. crazy amount of followers. I never used MySpace. No? I was mostly on MSN and High Five. Ah. Uh, <laughs> this is MySpace and it's like, okay, Facebook. Like, mm. s- some people have like crazy amount of friends on Facebook, but how many friends do you actually have? Yeah. You know, so. I had to declutter from like. 800 something friends to 200 on Facebook recently Mm. and (laughs) I was like congratulations if you're still here (laughs) like you won man like we're we're still good we're good (laughs) like because there are a lot of people I was like I don't even know you yeah how did you get here it's 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 (laughs) a strange time we're in you know just have to like 
question some things sometimes. Like, hmm. Give it a side eye every now and then. I do like what Instagram is doing, though. Um, the, the way it's formed community and the way it's formed ways of, of really giving back to the community is amazing. Like, you can even... You can do anything, man. Like, you can reach out to, to anyone. You can find a person that you need to through, like, the, the community itself. They're so adamant on helping um, from the people that I've met, at least. You know, they're so... It's so gratifying to, to meet those kind of people and learn from them. And um, it's amazing to know that your voice is heard uh, through such a, a vast platform with so many people saying either the same things or talking about different things. Um, what do you think? Do you think your stance with social media is going to change um, as time goes on? Or is it just something that's going to continue to be like seasonal for you? I think uh, social media is the future. Mm. Uh, as we grow more technology, um, grow more into technology. I mm -hmm. think even with stuff with like AI or um, those those platforms where you can uh, see like uh, virtual mm -hmm. virtual reality. Mm -hmm. I think even that in the future you might be able to talk to your, your the person that inspire you like what appears like in person. Mm -hmm. or have a sit-down conversation with them mm -hmm. through that. So I think social media is, is, is going to change. It always has changed, and change is necessary for growth. So I think it's going to become more influential in the way we do things. As you can see, we're even shopping on Instagram now. Yeah. So I think it's going to become more embedded, but we have to be very specific, careful how you use it, and why you use it you have to have a reason behind it even last night i was like i'm i'm beginning to see more ads yeah. on my timeline than some of my favorite uh pages because even now i follow a lot of architecture uh pages because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i'm trying to get into like renovations a bit mm -hmm. i take my knowledge on photography and then design it in photoshop mm -hmm. and then re-implement into like a house design or something yeah so that's even one of the other things that I do when I'm not doing photography. Mm. So I, I think it's going to become more bigger in a sense that in, in the way we use it. Yeah. There's, there's been talk of Instagram um, removing the idea of likes. Mm. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't skeptical at all about this because I thought it was a great change. I thought it was something that would really help people to feel more worthy about what they create, what they're doing with themselves in terms of like their career financially. Like we put all of those things on the pedestal when we see that we're not getting um, a certain amount of likes, followers, just um, react, certain reactions from people who we, we, we maybe want to see from mm -hmm. people. And that I think that took me a very long time to to not focus on, because I was always like, there's something about this that really feels like, uh, like I'm diminishing my, my own purpose, my own style of work for the, for the idea of what other people are, are really focusing on and commenting on and, and, and sharing. And I, I felt like I had to morph into that just to, to allow that change to happen for me. 
But now it's like, hey, I'm just going to share what I want. Like, I'm just going to share everything I feel like sharing when I feel like sharing it. I don't have to diminish that for the purpose of of what others want to see because no matter what, someone's going to like what you see. And after a while of really being being so active on that platform, I've noticed the individuals who genuinely care about what I share and what I do mm. versus the folks that are just like probably tapping through my stories, not really giving a crap. Yeah. Um, which I don't even know why we follow people anyway if we don't really care about what their message is or what they're doing. I, I, I don't... I don't understand this follower for follower thing where it's like you're just following someone because they followed you and you feel bad that <laughs> you feel bad that maybe <laughs> you're not following them back. I think that's happened to all of us at some I've point. People argue with me like you're not gonna follow me. Like, uh, are you posting content that I'm gonna appreciate? Yeah. So. No, it's it's this whole psychological mentality that we need to rid ourselves of. Um, in order to feel more fluent with the way we communicate. You know what I mean? I agree. And I see, I see a lot of folks who are taking good chunks of time away from the platform because they understand the detriments of it. I know this, this guy, is, uh, his name is Jason Zook. He's a, he's a creator and also a writer. And um, he's been through his ups and downs creatively as well. And he talks a lot about the fact that he does these like 30-day detoxes from social media, which I did once last year, which was amazing. Uh, but he talks a lot about how when he eliminated the app for a, for a month, he had to delete all the apps off the phone, all the office's phone. And he was just in traffic, bored, that he, without knowing, would jump, on his, jump right back on his phone and want to click on the exact spot where Instagram was. Hmm. And it was just this reflex you know that just happened he didn't plan for it to happen he didn't say he didn't want to go on it he just his hand just wanted to go back on instagram and i'm like holy crap we're kind of on that trajectory of like it's kind of robotic you know it's like we're being honed into this mentality that we need to focus on this blue blue light screen that's only continuing to take away from what's happening in our external reality. And companies have been taking advantage of that. They they notice this and they, they put a lot of ad do- dollars into stuff like that mm. or try to sell you something else. So I, I've noticed that as well. Yeah. Well, the ad community is just, it's nothing like I predicted. Like I even see ads all the time and none of them relate to me whatsoever. They're all, or it's something that I probably talked about and all of a sudden the ad is just there and I'm like, what, are you guys listening to me now? <laughs> are you guys listening to my conversations? It's so ridiculous. Um, but I highly, I highly recommend this detox. It's life-changing. I don't think you have an issue with it because you're not always active. <laughs> I, I, I try to stay away from it sometimes. Um something in that I want to live in the reality of things. I want to build those real connections as we spoke about. Mm. Um, you can use it to build real connections. Don't get me wrong. You can reach out and say, hey, do you want to have lunch sometime? Or yeah. do you do you want to do something? But it's it's good to stay away from it sometimes. Mm. And have you, have you really met a lot of folks um, 
through social that you're able to kind of cultivate more personally with like in like even in New York City like I'm sure like a lot of folks end up meeting up a lot and continuing that connection and talking about their work and learning and growing from each other you do you do, you do get to make different connections mm. uh, but it also have a flip side to that it also have a flip side where you don't um, continue building on the relationships you already had mm. because then you just look at their page like oh that's what you've been up to okay fine I won't reach out and say hey what's up because mm. you're you're just watching their page like liking their photos like oh man he's he's at a trip to Hawaii or something so mm. you're not going to reach out and be like hey how's your trip to Hawaii because you just looked at their picture and be like oh you look like they had fun so I'm just not going to ask everyone looks like they're having fun no one yeah. ever no one ever seems to share when they're going through something really terrible well some people I know do because they're vulnerable and and it's okay like they're trying to spread the message but I I don't understand the the mentality of, of folks who are only sharing a reality that, that that isn't the only reality that we experience. We all experience suffering. We all experience pain. We all experience like moments of doubt, dread, fear. And I think my purpose through all of these different ways of contact to other people around the planet is just to show that we're human uh-huh. in many senses but we're all and we're all learning and we're growing and it's okay to feel like crap it's okay to understand but do not feed into the feeling understand it observe the feeling maybe talk about it it's okay to talk about it you have no idea how many folks that I've ended up reaching out to because I chose to share something vulnerable and I had no idea they were going through it because to me everything looks peachy on the outside exactly through what they share but really and internally they're like holy shit like can you can you talk to me more about this like what can you tell me more about this because I'm I'm going through this and it would be really nice to connect with someone who's been going through that as well and I think that's what we need more of Real connections. Yeah, Real I was. Stories. Yeah, I was talking about this to my other friend uh, um, on my other podcast episode that I'm going to be releasing soon. That we are a, a very connected species, and we connect in so many different ways, even if not verbally. But we can we we can sometimes really really feel into the energy of others. I agree with just that. through tuning in to that that vibration that yeah, frequency. I- totally agree with that just like when you reach out to someone and they're like hey i was just thinking about you exactly yeah yeah. those things aren't just coincidence exactly i feel like a lot of those things are and it's not even like superstition nothing like that it's it's real and um i've experienced it hands down because there's so many times where i've reached out to people and they're like i was literally just thinking about you i was literally your word your name just came out of my mouth exactly so and I continue to tune into that. I continue to feel into that. And I continue to feel into maybe what others are feeling and what I'm feeling simultaneously in those moments and to share a lot of that because if you can help one person, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. And I'll say this, the one thing that I always tell people if you don't believe in energy is like, I ask them one simple question. Do you believe in electricity? Mm. They're like, yeah. I'm like, can you see electricity? I'm like, mm. no. Can 
can you touch it and get electrocuted? Like, yeah, so there's your answer. Yeah, so that's a really good way to see it. If, if there's someone that's maybe very skeptical, that's a great way to sort of introduce the idea of it. Um, because not everything that you don't see, it, it, well, if, it's some, if there's something that you can't necessarily see, it doesn't mean that it isn't true or it isn't real. Exactly. Like, you don't require any sort of evidence um, other than the fact that maybe other, another person has experienced it and they're so vividly, um, their reaction to it is just so real and so purposeful and so, like, valid to them that you have no choice but to believe it. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of folks are also noticing that even on a spiritual level, we are, no- we are noticing a shift in, in consciousness that a lot of people are sort of opening up to the idea of all of these different sensations and these different like mediums and modems of existence and communication. I have. I've been seeing that a lot as well. Oh, yeah? You, yeah. Like what kind of stuff? Like just people being like really open to like the universe or mm-hmm. higher power. Even me myself, it's like I've experienced something which was like, it's no way that, <laughs> it's no way that there's not a higher power out there that, that can hear me. It's like certain situations I've been in and it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this, this is no coincidence. Yeah, there's, no, it's, like there's not a real way to explain explain it other than like wow <laughs> yeah. you know like um it's it's something that you have to feel for yourself where you know that you're on the right path and you know that you're doing the right thing you're, you're in alignment with with what you're passionate about what you're mm-hmm. maybe the messages that you're sharing with others and even with you i see that you you do share messages through your social media flat platform but it, they're very like condensed Yet they also, if you continue to read them, like if you continue, if I continue to read your messages, like through social media, I, I can understand it, even if it's condensed, even if it's not necessarily a lot of words put into it, Mm. you know, because it's like, I don't think everybody will understand at the same time. I think it takes time. And I always say that if there's something that you don't understand now, come back to it a week, two weeks later, maybe you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For certain things that I post, it requires you to experience certain things or it requires you to have a a growth mindset beyond sometimes that which if you currently may have. So I don't expect everyone to get it because, like, you can't understand a near-life death situation until you've been in one. You're like, wow, this happened to me. And I'm like, there's no way I could have been saved except such and such. Or, like, a certain entrepreneurship quote. There's no way you can experience it unless you've been in that situation or something of that nature. So it, it takes a while sometimes for you to grasp what I might be saying. But if, as you said, if you come back to it later on, you, might, you may understand it. Yeah, because we're, continually, we're continuously in this phase of growth and we don't even see it. Like, I, I think if you're not aware enough, maybe you haven't tuned into your awareness enough, you're not able to physically feel that growth. Because for me, I've tuned into my awareness so much over the past couple of months that I can literally feel myself growing mm-hmm. internally um, because I chose to make a certain decision 
whether that was not reacting to something that normally would put me in a in a space of rage yeah or put me in a place of lack or or in a place of like doubt or fear or just like hey i don't have this i'm not happy right now like i i've kind of chosen to observe my thoughts to really understand the fact that thoughts are just passing by yeah you know, and just, everything is temporary yeah everything even that thought will be will diminish once you choose to just accept the fact that it was just a thought it has it has nothing to do with who you are the mind was is the mind isn't always our friend i feel like the mind constantly conjures up these things that will put you that will perpetually put you into this state of lack because it's so connected to your ego your mind can like go back and forth with different different things it can negotiate with itself so yeah if it can do that then it's like it's really powerful well yeah that's why even people who come to me now and they you know ask for advice in like life situations and whatnot personal situations i'm like focus on your beliefs focus on your thoughts what are you what are you projecting onto yourself that you either can't achieve or you can't do or you can't attain in your life right now that is limiting you through your belief system and we all have this belief system that puts us either in a place of lack or abundance yeah. and the truth is abundance is around you yeah you just have to believe that it is abundance isn't just money it's having amazing people in your life it's having a roof over your head it's continuing to do what you're passionate about it's all abundance and if you have all of those minor things in your life you're you're well off i feel i totally agree and just to go back and and use photography as an example mm. um you just have to change perspective sometimes like you can take a picture from one angle you can see things from one angle but if you change to move around what your your situation is like you can see it from a different angle mm. or for example uh, if you don't have a job you'll see like oh i don't have a job but change your, your direction the way you view it go from the side like oh i don't have a job it allows me to have amount of this amount of time to learn this amount of skills mm -hmm. and then you go change a different perspective if i learn this skill then i can work for myself where it's like i'm a copywriter or I'm the editor mm -hmm. so just changing your perspective and that's the one thing photography has always told me change your perspective on how you view things don't just view it from the front go to the side go to the back go from below or above mm -hmm. like you'll see it differently yeah I think that's something I definitely can relate to through my own you know photographic journey um, I remember I I had received a um, a new camera a couple of years ago recently well the one that you saw me with when I was in yeah. New York City the um, Fujifilm and that was a fixed camera lens so it really forced me to move around a lot it forced me to get closer get further away um, find different directions in the way I look at things and with a zoom with a zoom camera lens that was more like you're just you're, zo you're zooming in on something and you're just, it doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. You're not really honing in on the environment that you want to capture completely. Mm -hmm. And with a, with a, like the amount that your own creative medium can teach you 
even in life, is a beautiful thing. And it's amazing that you can connect that to life. Absolutely. I think we're well on our way to seeing things differently. People are growing that awareness of uh, creating with more intent. You know, like having an intention behind what you're creating and um, allowing others to kind of like pursue what it is they want. Even even the folks that really focus on what people like Gary Vaynerchuk is, mm-hmm. is teaching. There are a lot of things about that guy that I don't necessarily agree with. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, we're not going to agree on everything. And if you're always agreeing with people about everything, something's up because you're not honing in on your own... Um, opinion and your own values True. right so there's a lot about it the whole this the whole hustle mentality is something that is skewed for me because that's not what brings me joy maybe it brings someone else joy um because maybe they're going through situations that where they really have to push through dire situations that they need to like make sure that something happens in order to change their life in such an exponential and quick way but even gary like what i really love the only thing that i really take from that guy is the fact that you need to be patient you do and i'm sure even from your time in the 10 years that you've been doing work like you've still had to maintain that because like i mentioned before um when we reach a certain level you know we can spend time um in that pool of existence of what we're in pursuit of but there, there's going to be a moment in time where we, 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 we continuously ask ourselves, hey, what's next? You know, like what, yeah. else, what's, what else is on the forefront? What else is giving, putting me in a place of, you know, interest? Um, so in terms, of, in terms of what you see um, in your near future, this could be just like months from now or whatever. Do you just continue, what do you continue to see for yourself with your work? Uh, I want to continue to inspire for, for now even now I teach photography at a high school to middle schoolers and high schoolers nice uh, but I want to own my own studio mm. where it's I'm capable of uh, creating images way beyond what I would able to be able to do in terms of like renting the studio because it's like time consuming yeah to move um, things back and forth but having a studio creating a timeless photography so i think timeless photography is what sticks around mm-hmm. uh, those images that we see from hundreds of years or the ones that stand the test of time you can either be the typewriter or the computer or the horse and carriage or become the train and then the plane so I think just continuing to grow continuing to be an inspiration to everyone that comes after me yeah because you're not always going to be there so it's it's continuing to pass that knowledge down you can either die with your knowledge or help foster a new young more talented photographer like you're going to be good but there's going to be that guy where it's like, oh, man, he's really, he's a lot more talented than me. Like, mm. it's that's good. He's supposed to be better than you. Like, I always tell people, like, if if, I, if I'm if i a mentor to a photographer and five, ten years from now he's not better than me, then I did a terrible job. 
that's a really great way of seeing it because yeah. I've also seen myself um, in the future wanting to to move into that space of mentorship whether that's just through life or creatively like I don't know what that will be I know that's going to take time because I'm still honing in on my craft and learning more and I don't know if I can hold space for another person or more than one person just yet you know like that's still something that I'm grappling with but 100% like if you're if you're helping someone to hone in on what they love to do and you're helping them get better at it you should be able to help them on such a level that they're just monumentally amazing at what they create you know exactly. like and that's that's a beautiful thing I love that I wanted to before we wrap up I wanted to ask you um, a bunch of other little questions that maybe can help the people listening. Sure. One of those questions is, you know, where where do you where do you go when you experience doubt? Uh, this is gonna sound so cliche, but my <laughs> my mom, <laughs> my mom's one. My mom's a big support. Uh, yeah. But finding friends around you that has been day one remind you that what you're capable of mm. uh, finding inspiration in nature nature never give up you can burn a whole field down and five mm. I don't know six months from there you'll see a, a plant growing or something um, but yeah just finding inspiration all the way around you, mm. you know, even on the internet you'll see people that's battling like life or death diseases and they're just not giving up so mm. it's it's always around you just have to tune into it and it's good to also have write down the things you've accomplished because mm -hmm. then you can go back and be like okay I've done that you have to remind yourself sometimes even though the people around you and inspiration can remind you but you have to remind yourself sometimes like hey I've pulled this off um, this I can pull off as well it might take a, a bit more time but I can pull it off mm -hmm. Is there anything, well, to the people who are listening, if you were to guide them to any sort of video or a podcast episode in general or book, any, any of those mediums that could help them understand something more about you know, life or, or anything that's really hit you in a place that you think could also hit others, in that to give to keep that spark going of continuing to pursue what they what they would like do you have any of those of those platforms that you've really really honed in on and and um admired yeah um i do a lot of reading in terms of books mm -hmm. so there's there's a few books that um there's one now that i'm reading is called principles mm -hmm. by ray doyle Mm -hmm. That's interesting. There's also a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. <laughs> uh, I've read I, that one. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, Zero to One is also good. Um, in terms of photography, I think there's like so many, so many, uh, so many different things out there. But for me, um, I'm I'm big on YouTube. Mm. It's just gonna sound crazy. Big on Google. There's some books that I read, but I'll have to like 
I can't think of the names right now. Mm -hmm. But Shoe Dog, also the memoir for Nike by okay. Phil Knight, is also an important book to yeah. read. Uh, also, now that I think about it, I, I can't just give one particular photography book because mm -hmm. then it's going to be like, okay, that's <laughs> one style. Yeah. What if you don't like? So I think just picking up the camera and just shooting. Yeah. Where can people where can people reach out to you? How can people connect with you? Where can they see your work? Uh, my Instagram is, is big. Mr. Um, mm -hmm. KCY. Uh, my company, DelayedReaction.co, which is my website. Mm -hmm. So those are the two platforms that you can mainly find me on. You can easily shoot me an email or a DM. I'm very responsive when it comes to like people asking me questions because I knew how I started. I always tell people you don't you don't start by being a photographer. You start uh, professional. You start by being like an amateur. Everyone starts being an amateur, <laughs> so it's okay to ask a million questions. Of course. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, Kinison. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see where you take it. Thank you. Uh, just be super patient. Keep building, keep grinding. Uh, everything comes in your due time. <laughs> <laughs>